You're tuned in to Fork Podcast. This week, we're sitting down with Annabelle Carraskel, owner and creator of Chucha and Banana. She shares her business startup journey and the daily disciplines required to grow her business. You have to always think about learning something every day because you that is the only thing that's going to keep you young, going. And then it's not a question of age. It's a question of how do you feel? Hi, and welcome to Fork Podcast. I'm Sean Chris Lewis, your host, and today I am here with Annabelle Carrasquel. She is the creator and owner of the brand Chucha and Banana, and of course, my wife. Annabelle, welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much. This is very exciting. Yes, it truly is. I mean, when I was really starting up this whole podcast project, there wasn't a doubt in my mind that you would be sitting at this table with me because I've had the opportunity to not only see all the great things you've done in your lifetime with me, I mean, of 25 years together, but also just um, in the last couple of years, I've seen a few very interesting things happen with you as far as uh, the, the startup of your awesome brand which is actually lit up right now some crazy stuff's happening so we're definitely going to talk about that because i know that there's some people out there who are thinking about starting perhaps a small business and um who better to talk to about getting started than somebody who's like getting started but starting to see the actual traction in that so um yeah. We're, wow, man. You make it sound like this so exciting and then now I'm getting all nervous. Oh, well, that's okay. That's okay. Most people who sit down for the first time in a podcast are pretty nervous. So don't worry about that one bit. But um, one of the best things to do is get you talking, man. Because once we get you talking, that that's it. Like you just keep going. All right. Sounds good, man. <laughs> so, and they like to talk. Yeah, I, we know, Annabelle. <laughs> so listen, um, I just I want to jump right into um, into this because I, I know that there there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of bits of information that people can start to apply if they're if they're thinking like I said about starting up a little business and uh, um, I understand you um, you all you also have a full time uh, career correct I I work for an insurance company I have been working for them for the past uh, twenty two years. So I had done a beautiful career in there. I'm very excited. I like what I do. And then I'm, I'm happy. But on the side, you know, I, I'm always looking for something different to do. So that's how basically I started to tap into. I had a little bit of free time. So I started to tap into different craft. And uh, I'm pretty crafty. I like to do things with my hand. I, I like to paint. I like to sew, I like to do many things, that creative side. So last year I was in the, um, in the search of doing something different. And then um, a friend of mine has given me uh, some bracelets as a gift. And then I really did like them very much. But it didn't come as uh, the first thing for me to start making bracelets or start selling braces it wasn't so, just like that so chooch and banana is it's just for the people listening it's it's a business that evolves around bracelets is that correct yeah or yeah originally yes it's uh, it started uh, that's the name i have given my mini company is uh chooch and banana and then uh, i have been being called chooch and banana for many many years because as you know uh 
I used to like to sew and then I used to make my girls clothing and do all kinds of creations. And then I used to do a lot of things for my sister. So she used to do a plane on the words of Dulce and Gabbana, me and my friend. So she used to call us Chucha and Banana. So I kept that nickname for a long time. It has been my social media nickname for a very long time. So when I started to think about creating a name for my business or my, my bracelets, well, what other name? Chuchi Manana. It was it's already done, you know? So I said, well, why not? And then in Spanish has a bit of a, could have a, a meanings on the words, but you have to be very careful because it has no, no really no negative connotation whatsoever. It was really a play of the words between Dulce and Gabbana and then Chuchi Manana really like, no. Yeah, no, it's a super cute name. I actually love it. A lot of people people respond really well to it, and they they all ask like Chooch and Banana, what's that exactly? And you know, got the monkey on there. It's like I think the 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 branding itself is really beautiful. And um, but tell me, so the bracelets it started off you you got a gift as a, a um a gift for as a bracelet from from a friend, and you liked it. You got curious about it. If you what what happened exactly? You you thought, can I make these myself? Is that what happened? Well, it goes a little bit deeper than that, but I don't want to get into all the details of what happened. But I was really looking for something to do. So I, I wanted to have more of this bracelet. So I started to do like a homework, like a work and I buy the stones. Work. But then I started to, to, to look at the bracelet I had versus the ones... They were kind of available around like, okay, but they don't look the same. So I happened to meet somebody who told me, no, I think you, that's not what you're looking for. You need to um, try to see where the real stones are coming from. So I started to do a lot of research and then I started to find out that, wow, this is actually more uh, complex than I thought. It was just simple, a simple bracelet. I basically started to understand the type of elastics you could use, the type of stones you can use, the different, the different sizes. Um, they all represent something. So you, you have stones for your energy, for your well-being. Uh, you can make braces to represent your chakras. So it really evolved into this beautiful, beautiful uh, pool of knowledge. It was actually very, super interesting. So I had all these bracelets. I started to wear them to my office. And then all my peers started to ask me, hey, where did you buy those bracelets? Oh, well, guess what? I made them. Oh, my God, can I buy one? I'm like, sure. And then, you know, one person brought the next and brought the next. And then and I started to realize, wow, this is actually really interesting. Wasn't even intending to sell them, but they were selling on their own. And then um, a lot of people started to ask me, can you make me a bracelet for my zodiac? Can you make me a bracelet that represents my kids? Can you make me a bracelet that represents my grandchildren? And then uh, suddenly I started to have this custom-made uh, design bracelets that each individual had a, a bracelet that's very exclusive. That means something is strictly to done, uh, representing the date of birth, the zodiac, uh, whatever you wanted to have, I would go into doing the research and create something really specific for you. So one friend brought another friend and another friend. And then suddenly I said to myself, well, I think I better start creating like a, an accounting sheet for this. 
And slowly, slowly, I started to realize that by the end of last summer, I had made over 500 bracelets. And then... then 500 made by your hands In my personally. kitchen table. Yes, yes, we know on that <laughs> kitchen table. <laughs> yeah, on my kitchen table. So um, what is I found that was more rewarding was at one point when I was doing the braces, I started to get the money. I said, well, what can I do with this? So I started to think about what a beautiful thing if I could give a gift to somebody. So yes, the experience was so much fun for me that I wanted to replicate this into somebody, to bring a, a smile to somebody. So I'm from Venezuela, and then Venezuela is going through certain difficult times right now. So I started to think, well, why not to create or take this opportunity to bring some joy to children or to a person? It doesn't really matter. I could not have the funds to feed anybody, but I could have the funds to make one day a fun day or a day of a recreational time. So I started to formulate the idea. I, I have a very close friend of mine. It's actually almost a family that I trust tremendously. I connected with her, presented the idea, and then she actually works for the church uh, she's a teacher, so she's in contact with everything I wanted to do. And then we created the first activity. So we were able to bring kids that who never have been into a, a club with a pool for a day where we pay for the lunches. We pay breakfast, trans transportation, lunches, uh, the whole day in the pool uh, and entertainment. And there were about 17 kids. So that was the first activity. Then the second activity was a, a nice close day at school where 90 sandwiches were provided for all the kids with all the, the soft drinks and then some inflatables. And, you know, and one activity below the other one and the other one. So every time that happened, I felt the desire to do more bracelets just because it was making somebody happy. I, I actually remember you talking about that. Um, specifically, I was quite impressed with the idea that you um, you you said that well, Chuchin Banana's generating some good volume and the business is working, and you want to be you know a responsible entrepreneur and give back somehow. But you said I you know I can't really provide supplies and things that would do a lot so you really wanted to drive your efforts towards the children and you said you know we all have those great memories as kids of that day right you know that day we went to the park and there were fireworks or something and you were giving children memories so you're you're creating Correct. memories and I thought that was brilliant because it wasn't about the parents though parents attended but it was really focused on helping the children just to have a fun day to put in their script of memories right correct so i like i said there is some um non-profit organizations or companies out there who do tremendous things like building a school feeding uh you name it buying school supplies but i mean at this point of in my point where I am, I could not do that. I didn't have the funds to do that. But I could do, I could make a difference. So I decided, okay, in this scale where I can make the difference, that's what I want to do. And then I have made it basically my focus. So 
it's funny because you use the word entrepreneur and then I never saw it that way. I, I saw it as uh, something really fun part of me and then all the, the rewards that this was bringing to me made it so much fun that I never even saw it as a, I was creating an enterprise, let's put it that way. It was my hobby that was creating this positive circle. I was doing something that I am very passionate about it. I was selling it. The person was receiving this gift. And then with that exchange, I was getting some money and I was making somebody else happy. But I would stop you for a second and say, hell, that's, that's a key ingredient in sticking with a project, right? You, you love it so much and you're being so rewarded by it that you're, that's what keeps you going. I think if people start with the money, they want to go after money first. Um, and then I've, Annabelle, I've seen you over the last almost two years with building this brand and the frustrations and the, the, you know, you, you've got to really learn this thing from the ground up. And if you weren't loving it, and if it wasn't giving you some significant rewards other than money, I would say that you probably wouldn't have con continued and done it this long. Correct, because let's face it, um, when you have a corporate work, like when you have a job, uh, it sometimes you say it's in an eight to five, but sometimes my job is eight to six. Sometimes it's eight to six duty, and sometimes I had to put a lot of extra hours. So when do I make my bracelets? Chances are it's after the dishes are done. So you come home, you do your supper, you do this, you do your routine. You even, I even try to stick to my workouts. And then when I sit at the table to make bracelets, we're talking about it's eight thirty at night, nine o'clock. So I do my bracelet sometimes at nighttime and quiet. I can be creative. I put some kind of music and I am in my bubble in my kitchen. I don't have a... <laughs> yeah, you know what? Sometimes, I mean, as a testimony to that, sometimes I, I'm an early to bed kind of guy. Um, I'm going to bed at maybe 9.30, quarter to 10. And uh, good night, Annabelle. I'm off. And uh, I wake up the next morning. One of the, you know, not the very first thing that I do, but one of my morning rituals is I check my Instagram and on my stories, I see, I'm like, holy Moses, what has this woman been doing? You'll have about like 10 bracelets made in envelopes ready for mailing. And I'll look at the time frame, and it will say posted maybe eight hours ago or seven hours ago. And I'm like, wow, hats off, man. You're, you're up doing your thing um, late at night. But I would say that must be part of this, right, Annabelle, that um, for people who are thinking about starting a business up and, you know, yeah, I think we got to think big for sure. We need to think big, but I, I do believe that our actions need to be small. It's the daily small actions that add up to our greatest successes. So if there's people who are thinking about starting something up because they might be sitting in a job that they don't not necessarily unhappy in but they would they feel that they could be fulfilled some other way in their life through their work what what would you what would you say like, i would say first of all um try to discover that is what is that you want to do 
But how? Like we we by hear trying, that. By trying, like a lot of people said, but how? How? Well, you won't know if you don't try. You don't know if you like to play bowling if you never have played it, right? Or you don't know if you like to go for a run versus doing weights. So getting out of just habitual living. Yeah, look, I have very good friends of mine who are phenomenal cooks. They 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 make cookies. They they're so gifted in that area. But they never will pack a cookie to bring it to me and say, hey, I'm selling my cookies. And that's, I think, the day you get that exchange that you're able to say one cookie or one bracelet, hey, and people say, oh, my God, it's beautiful. Oh, my God, it's delicious. You say, wow, is that for real or is that just because you're my friend? But when any, then the process starts and you get a lot of people that you that, man, God, that is fantastic. That's great. Like an online order. I remember your very first online order <laughs> from you, somebody you didn't even know. It I'm telling a- you, it's so magical when you get that first thing and then they have the courtesy to write back and say, wow, go with my bracelet. It smells beautiful because I made my bracelets uh, with perfume or oils. It smells beautiful. Oh my God, I love my the packaging. Or thank you so much for the note that you included or the meaning that you put inside the bracelet, depending what they have bought. And then to me, that is more rewarding than the money. And then the nice thing is every three months, I basically contact all my clients who have bought a bracelet and, t- I have, and tell them what I have done with the profits of this bracelet. So I allocate a certain percentage of this to the activity. So I tell them, okay, so look, here is some personalized pictures of this is what we have done in the past. I make it public and that, but I take the, the time to send them something through uh, an email or um, Facebook. Mm-hmm. So it's, I try to keep it, it's, it's still very small, so I'm trying to keep it as personal as possible. Would I be able to sustain this when I go huge? I hope so. Yeah, you will. Yeah, I, I think... I'm just making a joke in that. When I go huge. No, you're going you're, <laughs> you're gonna to go huge. There's no doubt. Go big or go home, right? Like, it, No, I mean, you do certainly... You are somebody who, who dreams big. You couldn't have left your country at a young age to... As a first-generation immigrant, I mean, you are a first-generation immigrant. You came to Canada, you didn't speak French, you didn't speak English, and you, I mean, you're quadrilingual, is, is that the word? I don't, you know, don't want to make up words, but you, you are, you really are somebody who saw a bigger life for yourself and went out after that. And um, so tell me that... Now, now that you're at this phase, okay, so you're 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 in still in growth mode. Things are happening now. Where- always on growth, always, always in expansion. You have to always think about learning something every day, because you that is the only thing that's gonna keep you young, going. And then it's not a question of age; it's a question of how do you feel, how is that energy going. So for me, yes, you're absolutely right. When I came to Canada, I was uh, 24 years old. Um, it was a totally crazy experience. Um, I basically literally landed in Canada, just like by flute. And then um, 
It's been 27 years already in Canada. Um, I consider myself fully bilingual. I speak English, French, Spanish, um, Italian. Italiano? Yeah, I, I mean, I get by. Um, and then a lot of the things I would say is just learn something new every day. If, it, if it's about your neighbor, if it's about your friend, if it's about the culture, if it's about the language, if it's about the food, just learn, read, uh, enjoy music, laugh. So for me, that's what it has been all this experience over these past years. I, I made it a purpose to integrate in the Canadian society. I, it was really lucky that a university was able to like you know, made friends with other people from other countries who didn't speak Spanish. Mm -hmm. So I was able to be forced, I was forced to basically to, to integrate into the culture. So if I'm going to save somebody coming into Canada, try to integrate. Because as you integrate, you can actually um, grow. You, you expand your culture. You expand your views. So... I am more Venezuelan than ever. I had never lost my identity. But I, I, I end up integrating very well in the Canadian culture, very well. Mm -hmm. So um, just on, on the topic of, of immigration or being an immigrant, because I think this is very helpful, especially today, because the, you know people have become hypermobile, right? We Immigration is is the thing right now every most many people are just living in the countries that they were not born in and um i think new immigrants who come in and sometimes don't have the uh, they they have their education but they don't have the equivalency and that could be very frustrating if you don't if you've uh if you have a um a good education, but you don't have your equivalency. And sometimes the best thing for them to do is maybe start a small business. Um, what, what do you think? Cause I, we might know commonly a few people who've tried small businesses and personally, I would say they gave up too soon. Um, or what's your insight into what may be not just an immigrant, but immigrants and anybody else who might be trying to start a small business. Well, I think it, what happens, I think, if, if you don't have money to start a business and just do it 100% and, and, and sustain it and live out of the business, then you need to work. So it takes double the work, right? So I would say if I can advise anybody from what I have experienced, obviously, is if you have an idea Work at it, polish it, nourish it. And then if you need to have another job, try to have a create a tight schedule. I didn't have this last year. This year is different. This year my schedule is very tight. So I get up very early. I get out of the way certain things that I like to do that I know I cannot do at nighttime. I go to work and then I schedule my day as it should be to be able to do the deliveries. I deliveries I need to do. And then when I leave the office, then I can devote my time to the things I want to do. So if I want to come home and spend some time with the girls and that they're watching TV, I can sit with them for 30, 40 minutes and then immediately, okay, now it's time for the next. 
But if you don't have money to pay the rent and you have a dream, you know, that dream really becomes very um, a dream because you need to go and find your money to make your living. I find the dream also gets it, it, it gets more distant of when we have less money. But there's that's the merit of continuing to do a job and seeing past the you might not be happy, not you, but somebody might not be happy in a job that they're doing. But if they can just get a vision that this job is getting me closer to the things that I inevitably want to do, maybe making that like reframing it could help them. No, Sean, I'm just going to be transparent because a, lo- a lot of people might think it out there, well, maybe because she's been here for a long time, she had this money, blah, blah, blah. I really started, I invested like $300 in the first time I ordered stones. I didn't oh, even I know. Yeah. I don't even know what I was getting into. So I ordered $300 and you know me, I'm very like careful with my budget. So when I made my first order to see the stones, I was, I didn't even know if the stones were going to be like uh, plastic or they were real stones. I wanted to see what they were. So I already had purchased something else that I wasn't 100%. I didn't like the looks. But then when I got these new stones that they came into the mail, I, I have ordered I was like, wow, man, this is just beautiful. I took the other stones, the, the, the ones I have bought at cheaper quality. I said, I, want, I don't want to see any of this because that's not what I wanted. I wanted to create a bracelet that for the price people were going to pay, they had the best quality possible. So I started to invest in that. But as I invested those $300, I wasn't even sure that I was going to sell a bracelet. Of course. So, you know, slowly I started to say, okay, but I don't like the connector. I don't like the elastic. I don't like the feel. So I started to change something. But I said to myself, I will not pass $500 in this, into this hobby. Mm-hmm. So I started like that. So then when people started to ask me to buy a bracelet, they started to buy bracelets. I started to recover my money. So I immediately reinvested my $500 again, and then $500 again. And then suddenly, by December, I could not believe it. I was like unbelievable cash positive. But I didn't invest a big money. So depending on the idea, what you have, you can start very small and slowly expanding what is that you want to do. Right now, my expectations of Chuchamanan are totally different. Um, and in regards to the product, I started to expand a little bit more. I started to consider adding other uh, things to the bracelets, but I still am very careful about what I'm going to do. I'm very, I'm still in the baby stages and just can share to you, with you what I know so far. But one thing I have done is work on my mindset, trying to believe that I can do this and then I can make it bigger, that I can make it expand and grow. So can, can you just take a, a couple of minutes just to to share what you're doing to work on your mindset? Because I've, I've witnessed you doing that and with no other things changed in your life other than your new daily rituals, I've seen 
change. I've seen something very, very interesting happen. I've seen your business practically double. I've just seen you lit up on your social media. Um, I see you working at your table, (laughs) the kitchen table, more than ever. So what's happening there? As I said, I, I, I like to read. I have done often personal development just for myself to find the peace of mind and so on. So uh, there is a lot of gurus out there. There are people who tell you what to do, how to do it. But what are you specifically doing? Well, I'm going to be honest. I, I love Bob Proctor. I, I really do. I like his philosophy. I love his meditation. So when I decided, I said, okay, I wanted to... to practice uh, personal development with one person, one person only. So I said, well, you know what? I'm going to start doing what Bob Practor suggested to do. So I bought my book, I bought his book, and then I basically I started to follow all his rituals. Right? But you also bought Think and Grow Rich too, Correct. right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. So I'm studying, I'm reading like five books all at once. But right now that book, I'm studying it. I'm not reading it. I'm Think and reading. grow rich. Yes, okay. correct. So I'm reading it. So I'm following the gratitude part. So I do uh, 10 gratitudes every day. So it's, it's the five o'clock like club. So you get up at five o'clock. Mm-hmm. I'm not sorry. I'm not following that for a second. So you, the five o'clock club, what is that? Well, it's if Bob Prater says, uh, there's a lot of people say that you can get up at five o'clock an hour earlier than you start your day. Oh, so this is that Robin Sharma thing, that the uh, 5 a.m. club. Kind of, kind of, yes. Okay, okay. So I get up at 5. I do a ritual of gratitude. I do meditation and I do a study. Then for 6, get ready to go to work. Then go to the gym before I hit the office. And then from there, I do my schedule, come home, do my home routine. And by 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, I'm back on my on my uh, production. Uh, okay. And so, the, and those daily rituals. How how long you've been doing that for now? Well, about a month. About a month. Okay. So, and I I will vouch for you on that. I haven't seen you waver from your daily rituals. Um, so, how important would you say those rituals are? And if you think they're important, which you obviously do, because you're doing them. Why do you think they help to yield results? I think it's because they shift your mind into the goal, into what is that you're doing or what is that you're trying to attain. I would say that is basically, um, it has a really, first of all, it keeps me, it keeps me in track about being grateful about everything I got, the good and the bad, because in everything we have a lesson. Uh, that's number one. Second of all, um, it really, I do like my readings and I know exactly where I'm going. Uh, it's all uh, the, um, how do you um, basically follow the things that, where you need to, to go? I'm not sure how to explain it. Um, but for me, it's really keeping me in track because I can get very distracted, right? I'm, I have a better for artist mind so I can get a bit distracted and oh I don't feel like doing it today so with this daily ritual it's like no there is no excuse just go ahead and do it and just get it done and just I have my list of things I have to do every day so I've been using my calendar I have been using my list to do's 
included in my calendar. Everything is being scheduled right now. I like that, actually. I really like that a lot, what you just said, because um, rituals really help people to create that place of where to start, right? Like people, we all get confused, especially if you have these big ideas and you want to get going, you got to get a website, you got to get, you know, you got to get on a podcast, you got to get social media handles and it can get super overwhelming. I personally, actually, even though I love to listen to YouTube videos of, say, Gary Vaynerchuk or, or um, it, that, uh, that, that can sometimes, just the talk could overwhelm me and make me feel like I'm so far behind. A hundred percent. So what do I do? I turn to my rituals. I go to the gym. I call you. You'll say, okay, Sean, breathe. Just calm down. And I calm down and I find my happy place. And But without rituals, I think I'd be like a dog chasing my tail. No, because, I, I, and I think you just explain it. Like Gary V is amazing. Like he would not be where he is without doing everything he does. But my God, I don't have his energy. And then I, I don't like, it's not that I don't have it. It's just to follow what he says, I haven't gotten there yet. I think you have to have a mindset to do what he, he does. I, I personally say you're closer than you think you are. Actually, I would say, um, based on what you've talked about, you're very much along those the lines because you have your rituals. You you don't waver from them. You're sticking with it. You're you're really you're creating a lot of content. You're keeping your your clients satisfied. You're following up with them. Um, you're not expecting overnight success. Uh, Annabelle, I, I think you're you're really on to it. Thank you, Sean. That's very nice because sometimes we don't see our own successes, right? We often to often criticize the things that, oh, I didn't do it so well. Oh, I didn't do that. But what I try to say about Gary B for anybody who's out there who listens to Gary B or or Tony Robbins or if you haven't done the baby steps, you cannot do the big steps. And then I think when those guys talk, they talk often about the big steps, the acceleration steps. But yeah, because they're they're in that big place in their head, correct. and like yeah, yeah. So you cannot run if you don't know how to walk. So that's why I said create your rituals, create a consistency, and just be persistent. Do it day in, day out. Do you know Annabelle? Sorry to interrupt for a second because you're making such amazing points, and they're just lighting me up a bit that um i can draw a direct relationship between getting up early in the morning and going to the gym and succeeding in your business i can draw a direct line of connection to those 100%. two things so it's those daily rituals that don't seem very glamorous that sometimes don't make for great posts on Instagram because, you know, you're sitting at a table doing a gratitude journal. I think taking a picture of myself doing a gratitude journal is a little bit <laughs> off, off base. So nobody knows you're doing a gratitude journal. So you don't share that in your social media. And then you feel like it's not a relevant part to your growth and your business, but it is a direct, that it's the stuff, like they say, it's the stuff you do when nobody's watching that really counts for the long-term goal. A hundred percent. So you, you, if you stop cheating yourself, because I think we, ourselves, we 
we want to show the world that we are all this and that, but at home, we're just doing the opposite. Don't cheat. Just do what you got to do. Don't cheat when nobody's watching. That's right. <laughs> well, Annabelle, can you tell everybody what is your social media handle? How can they get in touch with you? I will, of course, put that in the show notes anyways, but it's right there on that shirt. Yeah, it's a chucha banana. What's your, what's your Instagram handle? Chucha banana. Okay. So I said Annabelle and Chucha Banana. Either one that you type is going to come up. You're popping up right there. Okay. All right. So Annabelle, I want to tell you this was... I, hey, you were harder to get on here than I think if I asked Michelle Obama, man. Like I couldn't, I couldn't get your time. So um, um, I wanted you to be my first podcast and here it is like my fourth or fifth, but I got you. And Thank that you. was great, Annabelle. I really appreciate you giving... Uh, giving me your time for this because I do know your time has really gotten condensed here. So well, uh, I actually gonna thank you and congratulate you in this new endeavor. It looks like you're doing phenomenal. You sound really good. I, I mean, you're my husband, but I never seen you to do and uh, listen to your podcast. I wanna congratulate you and I wish you all the success and keep doing what you've been doing because it's really, really great. Thank you, Annabelle. So listen. You have an awesome day, Annabelle, and you guys out there have a great day, too. Thank you for tuning in to Fork Podcast.